Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Why Be Average When You Can Be Awesome podcast. My name is Nicole DeVincentis. I'm your host. I'm your coach. Great to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Today, we're talking about another one of our importance of podcasts, and today we're talking about the importance of commanding your emotionality. So let's open with a question, and let me ask you this. When was the last time you allowed your emotions to get the best of you and you actually had a positive outcome in the relationship? (sighs) Almost until I added the disclaimer in the relationship in there, right? Because maybe you got your way, but reactionary emotions, if you would, maybe physical prowess, you know, peacocking or even physical aggression, (laughs) probably didn't do a whole lot for the relationship. Ah, he was a dick anyway. Oh, I know. Okay, what I'm saying, like, life in general. It doesn't work, right? Now, if you've been coaching with us along these podcasts, you've been following along the way, the very first podcast that we did is called What Drives You? It's episode number one. And... When you coach and train with me, you're going to learn that I'm a very intentional, very intentional person, very intentional coach. And I put that as the first episode intentionally because everything that we're talking about on the episodes of this podcast stems from there. And what we dealt with, in case you didn't listen to it, I would recommend you going back and listening to it before moving forward here. But here's the concept here. It, that that question or that that episode asks a question. The question is, what drives you? Okay. Now, some people are quick to just outline their goals, like I'm very money driven, or I'm very, you know, get my body back in shape, you know, fitness driven. I want to, you know, operation look good, naked kind of thing. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your underlying operating system, like what actually drives you. And there's two. Okay, there is either the avoidance of pain or the pursuit of pleasure. Which one drives you? Now, I know most people, in fact, I was on a couple coaching calls today where I I coach more men than I do women. And, you know, the gentleman on today's calls clearly said, I I don't know. I got to think about that. I don't know, because it's almost like both sometimes, right? Like there's things that you do to avoid pain, okay? So you, um, I don't know, maybe you lose the 15 pounds that your doctor has been, you know, nagging you about just to avoid going to your doctor's appointment and hearing about it, or to avoid being put on another medication and having to pay for it, okay? So like you're avoiding pain. Or you put the toilet seat down <laughs> to avoid the wife or the girlfriend, you know, from, you know, going postal on you. All right. You just do it just to avoid the pain. Okay. But then there's also things which you do to pursue pleasure. Okay. Like going out or, you know, whatever it is, maybe you're achieving your goals. Like that brings you great pleasure. Identify with that. I get it. Okay. So you're always usually, always usually, always in one of two operating systems. 
Okay, you're either doing something to avoid pain, you're doing something to pursue pleasure. And I'm going to tell you something from the get, like if you overthink it, it's going to be a complete mind F for you. So as with all levels of personal development, you have to know when to like yank yourself out of the water, okay, so that you don't freaking drown. Because, <laughs> well, my, my coachings and my trainings may, you know, trigger your mind in many ways, like they're very cerebral. I know a lot of the concepts, this is an advanced you know, podcasts. So we talk about advanced concepts and they have people's minds like, holy shit, like spinning and like, oh my God, I feel like my brain is about to explode type of a thing. A lot of times, you know, it's like, like your brain is a dough ball. You have to like massage it a little bit, but you also have to know like when it's time to stop touching it. Like if you over knead the dough, it just <laughs> It makes the bread really tough. So same thing when you're working on yourself is that you have to know when to pull yourself, you know, yank yourself out of that seriousness of like your mind. And, you know, I know a lot of us have like very, very busy brains. We're very goal oriented individuals, which is why you're on this podcast, right? Because it like flags the word awesome. Like that's the place I want to be. I get you. I, you're, you are my people. Okay. Men, women. I get it. But when you're working on yourself, okay, I'm just as a disclaimer, and you find like your brain is actually like you're starting to get like a headache, okay, it's probably time for you to like close the book <laughs> on what it is that you're trying to figure out about yourself, okay, and we can like revisit it on an actual coaching call with you and I so we can complete it and not have you get stuck in like the overwhelm of busy brain, okay? <laughs> I know. Gotcha. Ah, all right. Relief. So we're talking again today about the importance of commanding your emotionality. And I asked you from the get go, like, when was the last time you allowed your emotions to get the best of you and you had a great outcome for the benefit of the relationship? And I can be front with, like, I'll be straight with you. I never had that experience where, okay, yeah, maybe I raised my voice. Yeah, maybe I had to, you know, posture up myself. Believe it or not, like I come from a nursing background and sometimes girls can be kind of hard to work with. So I had to, you know, establish my position as people were trying to talk down to me or whatever. Um, or hopefully not, but I know this applies to the men that I coach. Like you become physically aggressive, okay, as a means of gaining control of a situation or winning an argument or something like that. But rarely... Does that method of operation, it may win an argument in the short term, but we're on this podcast today to talk about the importance of commanding your emotionality. The first lead in that I would like to make is how does that actually affect your relationships? Right. And, and think about like how relationships go like in the beginning, like the very first time, let's take like romantic relationships. The very first time you have a fight, like it's bad, right? And you say things and each one is hurt and the other, you know, you're hurt because you can't believe that the other person even said it. And it's like, it's big and bad. And then you learn about each other, right? And you learn, you know, what pushes the other one's buttons and, and that, but sometimes there's, there's points where you reach your tipping point where, you know, you have a lot of pressure going on maybe at work or, you know, family dynamics, or there's financial pressure or, 
I mean, shit, maybe you didn't eat breakfast and now you're hangry or you're trying to lose weight and you have yourself on an extreme restrictive diet. We did a podcast on this too, by the way. It was uh, episode number three. Okay, so if that's you, you like you got to go back to that podcast, episode number three, talking about a solid nutritional platform. Um, But now you're acting crazy and angry because you're hungry and you're like starving yourself, right? And it never translates out well into your relationships, whether these are personal or professional. And when you continue to stay in that, the person with whom you're arguing or having your spat with or popping off at eventually starts to ignore you. And now there's like this wall. And now like they don't care so much anymore. So we move from like being incredibly hurt into, and when I say we, I don't just mean me as a woman, but we as people move from being incredibly hurt into like the, I just don't care anymore. And now like that spark and the connection of the relationship is gone. And it simply had to do with, okay, now again, when you coach with me, I'm about accountability You know, every time you point the finger at somebody else, you have three fingers pointing back at you. Okay, so it's that level of accountability. Like, what did I do to contribute to this situation? It was because I was loose with my tongue and I said a bunch of shit I probably shouldn't have said. And if Mother Teresa was here, I wouldn't have said it with Mother Teresa here. But I said it with this other person. Right. So that's why I call it a lazy tongue or a loose tongue, because I think most of us have the ability to control our emotions in certain situations. It's whether or not we choose to. However, there's extreme times. Okay, and those are extreme times. Those are exception. Those are not the rule. Now, the other element that happens when you don't have command of your emotionality this involves your relationships, but this also involves, involves your ability to hit your goals, how you operate in a professional space. All right, let me give you an example. When emotions are high, before we, before we step into this example, let's, let's do what I do best, which is kind of like geek this out into a scientific realm. And then we're going to come back. So we'll do a little sidestep and then we're going to come back in, put this into the context of like your professional development and your growth or your financial growth even. And let me ask you, like when emotions are high, what happens to your peripheral vision? All my first responders are like, it goes away. You get tunnel vision. You can only see like the one thing. You don't see stuff in the periphery anymore. Okay. When your emotions are high, what happens to your ability to hear like soft flowery language? What? (laughs) Exactly. Okay. With that, what happens to your ability to process information logically? It's completely illogical, right? Plus you're not hearing stuff, right? So it's completely illogical. And then what happens to your ability to communicate and articulate in an impactful and meaningful way? It goes away. Even the gentleness like that goes away. Right? So when you're under high levels of emotion, and this could be like you're freaked out, you're scared, or even sometimes like you're going to see this when you're so excited. Like picture girls when they see their like uh, um, the person, like the musical crush, like the, like the, you know, kid, you know, boy 
star of, of the times. Like, they see him, they're like, oh, my God. They have, like, this huge meltdown. Like, they cry. They, like, wet their pants. Like, they can't. They can't even. They can't, just can't. Because <laughs> he's there, right? They have, like, this meltdown. And that happens physically to you when your emotions are high. Now, what happens when you are in major business negotiations? Can you afford... <laughs> not to wet your pants and cry and have a meltdown, but can you afford, like when you get to the negotiation table, can you afford to have a meltdown of your emotions and now just like pop off and not listen for the subtle cues, the nonverbal cues, because you're pissed off at what's happening, what you know he or she is saying or doing at the negotiation table. You know, there's a missing piece of the contract or you know now they're reneging on something, they're trying to change dates, they're trying to like gloss over one of the line items, whatever this translates out for you. Like, can you afford to let that happen and like potentially lose an entire deal simply because you don't have your shit together no of course not like when you have targets like you're trying you're after I'm not saying trying like you're going after these goals you can't afford to lose your shit and become what is essentially reactionary being responsive is a high level skill Okay, which is rooted in commanding your emotionality. Like it's not you responding to what other people do, what other people say. It's you making the decision that I'm here in my peace. And no matter what happens, I'm going to be drawing people into my peace. I refuse to allow myself to be sucked into their chaos. Can you say that you operate that way? Or are there times or places or situations like no matter where you go, just like you lose your shit? Right? This is about self-triage. This is about exposing some of those dark areas. And when you shine the light on them, like they have nowhere to hide. You can't avoid them anymore. You bring them out with the goal of transforming them into a strength. Like, this is going to be a non-issue for me anymore. Does that make sense? And so here's what I'm going to tell you. Like, you probably have heard this before. If you've ever studied anything about uh, performance before, um, like athletic performance, or even when we talk about like sales hitting targets, you know, performance coaching, performance as an individual, a lot of what happens to us is influenced by how we command our hormones in our body. One of which is, you've heard of adrenaline before, like norepinephrine, okay? That's largely responsible for those physical symptoms that we have when we're under high levels of emotion, like the loss of peripheral vision, the inability to hear flowery language, process information logically, speak clearly and articulate use please and thank you (laughs) even fine motor skills are governed underneath there okay what happens is you have to become able to read like when your emotions are creeping up Okay, it's partially influenced by your limbic system. It's partially influenced by past like events that you remember, but it's largely governed by your disciplines and your habits of dealing with high circulating levels of your hormones, of your adrenalines. 
And this is cool because this is an, actually, this is a habit that can be learned. You just have to be immersed in the training arena on the training ground to be able to practice it. Cause like intermittent training with this is it's hard. It's hard to make that transition and even harder when you don't have frequent exposure to it. But it's still a trainable and learnable habit nonetheless. So here's what I'm going to present for you. There's one strategy that you can utilize when you feel like, okay, I'm getting to know myself. I know like when my temper is starting to escalate. I know when my blood pressure is going up. I know when I want to like bite somebody's head off. Like, okay. So during that time, I'm just going to teach you. All right. One of the best things that you can do is actually stop, not collaborate and listen, but actually stop and take a few deep breaths. Okay, slow, controlled, deep breaths in and out of your nose. So let's try it here right quick. Inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more time, inhale, and exhale. Okay, now here's what happens, for real. When you practice that slow, controlled, deep breath, it literally switches off the side of your nervous system, we call it fight or flight, that puts you into fast forward Tasmanian devil la, 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 motion. Okay. It takes you out of that and it moves you into the side of your nervous system, which is actually more like a calming and like breaking mechanism, if you would. Okay. It discharges some of that adrenaline and some of its effects. And ultimately your emotions. Okay. It chills. It's like the chill pill. It chills everything out. All right, so the next time you find yourself in a situation where you're just about to say blah, okay, stop. And yes, it's like wildly awkward if you're doing this for the first time. When you're learning these new skills, like you're like freaking Bambi on the ice, you're going to suck at it. It's going to be awkward. The other person is going to wonder what the F you're doing when you start taking these big breaths in and out. But hey, you know what? You owe everybody's a beginner at one point in time and you got to be willing to look stupid sometimes. I'm not asking you to do yoga and like do the whole hand motion and everything else. I'm not. No, just the breath. Okay. And here's the other thing. In all seriousness, like, you know, I come from medical background and I do care about your physical health too, is that those breaths, they actually help your cardiovascular health. Okay. Now I don't, I don't know anything about you. All right. I don't know your past. I don't know if you're on meds. I don't know how old you are. I don't know any of that stuff, but let's face it. Like a heart disease, like a pretty big, bad, rampant thing in the United States, which is where I live. And what happens when you're under those high levels of pressure until you learn the skill of commanding your emotionality, what happens is your heart rate goes up. Well, you know this, like anytime you get freaked out, like somebody jumps out from around the corner or a car pulls out in front of you suddenly in traffic, like, like you do that, like the startle response, and then you can feel your heart beating in your chest. You get those palpitations. 
Well, the reason you feel the palpitations is not just because the heart is actually beating faster. You can feel it because it's also beating harder. Like the contractile force of the heart is actually stronger. Stronger and faster. So now it's like, don't, 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 don't. And then you start swearing at him, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I get it. It's okay. (laughs) All right. So during that too, not only does it place a tremendous amount of strain on your heart because of the, the, how, what the heart is doing in terms of beating stronger and faster, it also increases your blood pressure, that startle effect, if you would. It causes your blood vessels to squeeze tight. There's muscles inside of your arteries, and so under deep pressure, what happens is the arteries actually squeeze tighter, and it increases pressure in your system, in your, where, your blood, where your blood flows, like through your, your blood vessels. Kind of like if you put your finger on the front of a, of a hose, it increases the pressure, you know, through which like the, the water comes out of the hose. Same thing. You're decreasing the space for the water to flow. Same thing when your blood vessels squeeze. It's decreasing the space through which the blood has to flow. And then the blood pressure actually goes up, comes flying through your blood vessels, which gives you, yes, high blood pressure. But then it also contributes to a wearing away of the blood vessel itself. And this is why sometimes we see people with high blood pressure form aneurysms. Because again, all that pressure is being pressed against, you know, some elastic tissue. Or the blood vessels burst. And then that's a hot mess because there's like bleeding, like bleeding out literally. Or... You know, we can get like hardening of the arteries because it's wearing away at the at those blood vessels and then the arteries are forming scar tissue so that they don't break and now you have hardening of the arteries and that's also bad when it comes to heart health and, and cardiovascular health. So what I'm saying is that <laughs> we started about talking about the importance of commanding your emotionality as it pertains to your relationships, but also when it comes to, you know, your ability to negotiate at the table and then as it pertains to your health. Okay? So you're not walking around like that weird red purple color that everybody gets when they get so pissed off all the time. <laughs> a skill it's a life skill all right but the other thing is this when you are starting out on a new venture okay and maybe this is a new career path for you maybe you're in a rebuild mode you're you know coming out of bad times or maybe you're taking on a new hobby or maybe there's just a new challenge in your life which is presenting itself you also have to have that mental clarity to allow your creativity to work and find a creative solution out of your current problem or be able to think about things differently right? Spin a little bit of fun on it. That's what's going to assist you in transitioning. Again, like with this podcast, we're transitioning you from operating like the avoidance of pain into the pursuance of pleasure. Okay. When you, when shit is fun, you're more likely to do it. You know what I'm saying? So that's where like the creative mind comes in. Like, how can I make, here's an example. How can I make prospecting fun? How can I make cold calling fun? If it's not, how can I make, if I am a shy person or I really like my alone time, but I know that I need to network, 
how can I actually make this fun rather than hide behind my computer? Right? We see this all the time. Well, when you are having high levels of emotion, what happens is like picture now you have like two different sides of your brain, like one side's on the right, one side's on the left. And there's, you know, things that that discount this, but I'm just going to give you like an example to help bring some clarity and you can wrap your mind around this is that we usually say like right-sided individuals are highly creative. They're like the artistic people. Sometimes they're kind of like out there. (laughs) All right. And then the left-sided brain individuals are very like clearly defined. They're numbers people, like very good at math, at structure, it's like the the parent versus the child, right? The, the left side of the brain has the ability to look back retrospectively over things that have happened, events, and if anything bad has happened, like you're more likely to, I think it's like 10 times more likely to remember negative events than you are positive. And so when, whenever anything is similar to that, like you pull all that negativity forward with you and you bring it into your presence. Like the left side of the brain has the ability for memory and like painful event, whereas the right side is so impulsive. It's very now in the moment. It's like the child. Like it doesn't think about consequence. It just thinks about the now. Well, when you're looking to transition yourself, okay, and you're starting a new And for my advanced coaches who are like, you're highlighting your walk with God, like God even said it, like you come to me like that of a child, you know what I'm saying? So you're approaching your situation with a childlike enthusiasm, you know, through the eyes of a child, like you're seeing this thing for the first time, like, oh my gosh, look at all these numbers, like, look at all these doors I get to knock, like, who can I possibly meet? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're putting a creative spin on this so that now you're not, like, avoiding, like, doing this thing, whatever it is, or having a discussion with somebody, like, you are anticipating a positive outcome. You're looking on going after what you want. Like before you go into negotiation, before you have certain discussions, somebody always has to be the leader. I mean, am I wrong on that or am I pretty right on this? Like if you, if you're a take charge sort of an individual, okay, and then there's individuals, they just like they're all over with their conversation or you're trying to make business negotiations, or you're trying to present, you know, something like somebody or there's a conflict, like somebody has to be the pacer for it. Somebody has to set the tone, someone has to be in charge. Because if individuals who have no control of their emotions are allowed to govern the world, like what happens? That's where we get mobs acting up, right? Because they're all up in their emotions. Peace happens through And this may not rest well if you're early in your development phase, but peace usually happens not when you're chaotic and like, "Ah!" okay, peace happens through intentionality, whether this is peaceful business negotiations, this is peaceful resolve, this is peaceful reconciliation of a relationship, this is peaceful prospecting, this is peaceful you handling, you know, um, your health and fitness goals, like this is like internal peace and making decisions from a place of peace and power and drawing people into that peace rather than you being sucked into the chaos. Like you're walking the high line all the time. 
when you allow your emotions to get the best of you, you, you simply can't do that. So being the leader, if you would, and that's what it is. It's calling on the leader with inside of you to have that command of your emotionality so that regardless of the situation, you're still cool as the other side of the pillow. And perhaps you being on this podcast, like you've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on, the area that you lack is a combination maybe of some emotional intelligence or emotional maturity, but ultimately what it is, it's that skill of being able to command your emotionality so that you can hear things better. You're able to put a little bit, like you're able to like inject some light into the situation, lighten it up. And that allows for more collaboration, for more cooperation for greater levels of connection and true relationship rather than just superficiality or everybody kind of just like operating like robots. Do you know what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, if there was ever one skill that I would say as a coach would transform your life the most, it would be that one. It would be your ability to command your emotionality and command is not mean control. All right, world's different. Those two are completely different. So let's let's try a little exercise here. I want you to, we're going to experience the difference between controlling and commanding. Okay, so let's do this. Wherever you are, if you're sitting, if you're sitting down, if you're standing up, what I want you to do is I want you to slouch forward. Okay, just kind of like let yourself like slouch forward. Okay, now pick some part of your upper body. Try not to crank on your neck here, but maybe your shoulders. Like pull down on your shoulders and then try to like, you know, sit up taller. Does that make sense? Like you're, you're applying your own restraint to yourself. <laughs> just because, just do it. Okay, so that's like you trying to control a situation. You're not in your power. You're slouched down. Now you're trying to like, you know, get back in here. You can't do it. Okay, the difference is like this. Release yourself. Okay, now I'd like you to actually sit up taller. All right, draw in your abdominals. Let's activate your core. If you know what a Kegel exercise is, like stop your pee stream, do that too, just because I said so. All right, it actually activates like the base of your core. It's, it's from yoga. All right, so it gives you more core strength. Can you feel the difference? in your body posture, all right? How you are right now, you are commanding your posture. You're in your power. As opposed to what you were doing before, which was, you know, slouching over, and now you're trying to, like, keep yourself down, even though you're trying to stand back up again. Do you see the difference there? The first one was control. This one is command. Command, you feel different, right? Command, like your head is held higher. Command, you're breathing different. Command, your eye your eye contact is different. Everything is different about you. Okay? That's commanding your emotionality. You're still in your power. You don't have to stand like a soldier, but, I mean, but you're in your power. There's a big difference there. Okay? Commanding your emotionality is the person standing in front of you maybe yelling at you their fool head off, 
and you're filtering through the noise, listening for the underlying message. They may be making a lot of noise. What's going on here? This person is operating from a place of fear. I refuse to do that. I refuse to, I, I choose to operate from a place of peace, not fear. I'm confident with where I'm going. I'm confident with where we're taking this conversation. I'm confident with the end outcome of what it is we're trying to do here. Whether we're out saving lives and stomping out disease, whether we're you know in business negotiations, whether I'm courting an individual, whether this is my two-year-old having an absolute meltdown in the middle of the grocery store and everybody is looking, like whatever this is. You're in customer service. You've got a customer who's like going off on you for no apparent reason. Like you're just refusing. Whether it's a family function, right? And then there's just like drunken Aunt Gretel over there. It's like freaking twerking with, you know, the new girlfriend or boyfriend or significant other that you brought to the event, whatever. <laughs> Could die a thousand deaths. Right? Like, whatever the situation is, it's your wanting to call upon the leader in yourself and put yourself in that role. And that can only be done through your ability to command your emotionality. So it has impact on you both professionally and personally. But here's where it gets really cool, is that if you have been operating in the system of avoiding pain, all right, what happens when you pop off with your emotionality is usually your reaction, okay? Somebody does something, it pisses you off. You have to do something to stomp it out or to be right or to be louder or to win the argument. It's coming from a place of fear. And the fear is loss of control or looking stupid in front of the other person. Okay, that's a pride and ego thing. Now, I'm not looking to change your DNA. Okay, if you're a man, you're on this podcast, you're listening to that, I get it. Like, that's how God made you. The secret is that level of finesse between needing to be right, needing to be in charge, needing to be in control, needing to dominate the other person. Rather than what we refer to as domination on this podcast is winning by a landslide. Like you're so good. Like there, there's no other option here. It's you. Does that make sense? Whereas when you're in command of your emotionality, what happens is now everything that you do, you merely respond to, but not like reflexive, not like a knee-jerk reflex, like somebody will say something and you're actively listening. You're listening to nonverbal cues. You're listening to the tonality of the words. You're listening to how fast they speak or how much staccato they use. Okay. You're watching whether or not they're clenching their hands. You're watching like the tempo of their breath. You're watching all that. You You take all this information in. Okay. And they may be grossly like really upset with you. You're so incredibly like involved with, you know, what the goal is and the pursuance of this goal. And the goal is not just to avoid pain and gain their cooperation. Like you're thinking best possible outcome over here, not in a Pollyanna way, but to change your, your perception or how you're operating from avoiding pain into the pursuance of pleasure. Okay. 
best case scenario is resolution of the concept or the conflict rather and you know peaceful resolve of the relationship do you see what i'm saying like with each and every podcast we're able to move the needle just a little bit farther and where we've been going so far because now we have to call attention to the elephant of the room is the element of bringing that light in like it's very easy for us to make a cerebral move, okay? Like you're playing chess, all right? I'm transitioning you from avoiding pain to pursuing pleasure. It's, it's as simple as like moving a piece on the chessboard, like you're moving the rook from here to there, okay? But sometimes what you actually need is a little bit of finesse, like you're ready to go like next level, Okay, there's something still like you haven't fully mastered. Like we referenced like the pie of life. If you've not listened, like past couple podcasts, we talked about this pie of life. Your life, here's a template for you. Okay, so usually when you coach and you train with me, like your mind is in a tangled mess of something. Self-doubt, you're coming out of a bad situation, you're in a major like identity shift, like you're moving from one industry to another and like shit's just not like working right and it's, ah, okay, and you get lost inside of your brain. My job is to create structure in there, okay, so that you can have peace inside of your head and we're allowing that creative side of you to come up so that now we're able to transition you from operating like avoiding pain into pursuance of pleasure like 100% of the time because that's actually where that that's how transformation occurs but that's like that's how you get to your proverbial promised land and you grow by going after what it is that you want as we coach together more like one-on-one what happens is like that pie of life I I should say that sorry I skipped that the pie of life is talking about relationships so picture a pie like a cherry pie is divided into four four evenly um, sized pieces so you make a giant plus sign in there okay the crust is your purpose and the the filling is your health and fitness Okay, so oh, the pieces of the pie, relationship with yourself, relationship with others, relationship with money, and relationship with God. Okay, now we set goals in like all those different areas. Most people know where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, et cetera, et cetera. So I use a template like that, something tangible that we can all readily identify with to give, when we do mindset work, like there's a time to be like visionary and cerebral. And there's a time when we bring structure to it that helps a lot of my people. Like it's very, it's easy for you to latch on to. Now I understand. Now it's the transition of the mechanics of the switch. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's where we are. Now we're in this process of transforming you from pain avoidance into pleasure pursuance, but we're doing so by shining a light on some of those darkened areas. Okay, one of which can be the refusal. (laughs) The refusal to command your emotionality. Okay, saying things like, well, this is just how I am. I'm never going to change. And I don't mean just like we all have our own personalities. I mean like when you have destructive personality tendencies. 
you're out, you create a scene when you're with your family. It's just like chaos and, and anarchy everywhere you go. But perhaps even selectively, only with selective people. Maybe you're able to put a front on when you're out in front of other people and you come home and you're a total slob. Like there's a, a huge divide between who you are professionally and who you are personally. And eventually those cracks, like they come to the surface and they cause a major problem. And that is, again, when a lot of people seek me out as a coach, it's a major transition time. Why? Because the wife left them. I don't know what the F to do. All right, so we like, we, it's like a dough ball. Like we massage, we need the dough ball or we peel back layers of the onion to get into that inner core. But what we're actually doing is we're moving the needle on the levels of your personal development. And when we shine light into some of those places where either you didn't know that you needed to go or where you refused to go or you were doing all that you could to avoid going there because it was so overtly painful as we work together, what happens is you, you, you just become, I believe, it's more coachable, more humble. But it's only because the introduction of the light is you're learning who God is. What? Yeah, the pie of life, okay? Relationship with self, others, money, and God. Like, there's that fourth piece of the pie, why in the world, okay, before you get your undies in a bunch here, all right, here's one of the reasons why I brought God into my coaching program. Um, first of all, that's who I am, okay, so I am a, a faith-driven woman, like, God is, like, part of my life. I put him in the number one spot. I, I will not separate myself from him. Like, where I go, he goes. Where he goes, I go. Like, that's just how it is. Okay, that's a non-negotiable. <laughs> but in all seriousness, what started happening was I was coaching individuals who were very advanced in many different areas and were ready for major transformation on the relationship front. But I, I didn't know where to take them because they were walking the steps, but it was like their heart was not congruent. Their character was not congruent with what they were saying they wanted their situation to be or what they were saying their like their words were not congruent with action or deep-seated belief. And it comes out all screwed up when they're not one and of the same. So I just by by, not by chance, but... I felt I was taking a giant risk. I was actually coaching a fire chief at the time who contacted me initially because he wanted to have um, better control of his diabetes. Like he, he wanted, it was a, it was a fitness. That's why he wanted to hire me as a coach for like nutrition and stuff. And he had all kinds of like medical problems and he was always like on the hush hush about it. But as we got to coaching, what I learned with him is that he wanted to actually retire and he was gun shy and just didn't want to pull the trigger on this thing. And I mean, we had some, <laughs> I shouldn't say we, he had some heated moments where he was like waving his finger in my face and about how I was demanding that he change his lifestyle and blah, 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 blah. And I was thinking to myself, like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And finally I asked him, I was like, why did you hire me? And he couldn't answer it. Like he, he was like, and this was when I, for me, this was a huge turning point in how I understood how to coach men. Like sometimes the strongest of the strong, like they can't even put into words what it is that they want. 
even though they know it. They're just like afraid to call attention to it. And I was just like, I just said a prayer. I was like, God, you take the wheel. Cause I, I am at a loss. I don't know what to do with this guy. He's like shut down. He's yelling at me. It was like over an argument over broccoli. It was like, it was so stupid. Like what? I, what do you, what do you want from me? It's like a clip out of that movie. Like what? And they're like, it's not that simple. And you're like, what do you want? <laughs> and it was at that moment, like, as soon as I, like, I put that shout out to God, like, God, you got to take the wheel on this one. I swear to God, the whole entire tension in the room totally cleared. And then I asked him the question. I asked him, I said, you know, let's sit down. And this was when I first started talking about the pie of life. I said, I have something to show you here. I said, you know, we're at the transition point. I said, and I need to know the direction to take you. And I, I laid out this, this pie of life and had him set goals or find out if he even had goals in the spiritual realm. And he told me, he said, you know what? I used to read the Bible. He said, I've gotten really away from it. And he made one of his goals, this is part of the goals program, he made one of his goals to read the Bible and he worked that into his morning routine. That became part of his solid morning routine, which FYI was episode two, episode two within this podcast here. And it was the very next week he put on the paper like his goal was to retire and it just took me to close that end of the deal for him and say like, when are you doing this by? And he was pissed. He was waving his finger back in my face again. He would not put a date on the paper. But when I came back the next week, he had gone to the the village uh, board. What I, I please forgive me on the vocabulary. Like he he had to report to the village and turned in you know the date of his his retirement and started he already had a, a succession plan like written out like started the succession planning process you know for turning over the reins like he took major moves it was just getting up to that point and the the light that we needed it was something that I couldn't bring to the table it was just done through God and it was such a positive outcome and his like everything about him changed after that like coaching was so fun like then he would then <laughs> whatever we were talking about he was pissed off about broccoli like all of a sudden like he had this renewed sense of zeal and it clearly was not me it was not me it was God working through me as the vessel but I made the decision right there especially when I'm dealing with strong-willed individuals God has to be a part of this equation because I can only take you so far but to get to those deep-rooted things like the center of the onion if you will that is not done through me that has to be done by a much much higher power and that's done through him so the introduction of God into this is one of those I believe you know things that sets our coaching programs apart from most others is that you can hammer people all day on the head about this is what you need to do you know and you're trying to you know drill instructor people into accountability and and you know do it this way you're trying to control people but when you bring God into the equation Okay, and he like he breathes life into your enterprise, into your relationship, into your situation. You know, he's able, he can resuscitate it. You know what I'm saying? Like he brings shit back to life. And that's not done through me as the coach, but just know, like I coach people on all walks. I've got some people who are so far advanced in their faith walk. They were coming to struggle points in the faith walk, and that's why they came to me for coaching. So 
I had to go and learn more about the Bible and teaching and interpretation of it and establish a stronger walk with God in my faith myself so that I could be in congruence and integrity with that. Like, it was a whole thing. But that's what has actually been happening with this coaching program is that we're able to coach you on all fronts to permanently transition you from that pain avoidance into the pursuance of pleasure. Okay, and that comes through, it may sound kind of lofty, and and maybe you're not at this point, if if this is too much for you, then just, you know, earmuffs until we're finished, when you come to learn who God actually is. Okay, as described by, everybody knows this Bible verse of of Corinthians, like, love is patient, love is kind, all those things, you take the word love out, and you substitute the word God in there, and it reads, God is patient, God is kind. God keeps no records of wrongs. And when you come to learn him, I'm telling you, like whatever problems you are having in your life, whether this is underlying money dialogue, this is your transition from pain avoidance into the pursuance of pleasure. And that by that, I don't mean like you're going out having a gay old time, you know, willy nilly leading a reckless life. That I'm not saying that at all. Okay. But going after the things that you want. Okay, another word might be abundance, growth mentality. Okay, and again, this is also not like, oh, you tried so hard, you did good, yay. No, this not, no, it's structured. There's still structure in there. Okay, but it's changing what your expected outcome is. Which actually dovetails us into champion mindset coaching. When you demand victory and you expect victory, it starts to change. Woo! We're going to go next level on this. It starts to change your vibrational frequency. What? Oh my God. Do we have time to talk about this? Do we have that much time? How much time do we have? Well, we're at like 49 minutes. So we totally do. We still have like 10 minutes left. So quickly... Let's dovetail or dive tail dive into the pool of waters of vibrational frequency. Okay, I told you, like, there's a difference between average Joe podcast and then there's this one, which takes you to like, like levels beyond. All right. So let's start out thinking about this. Okay, I'm going to lead in with some geeky science. I'm going to say number one, everything is energy. Okay, all energy can be measured. Right? Think about light bulbs, watts. If you come from healthcare, like we have the defibrillator, there's jewels, okay, shocking people, okay, electricity, like everything, energy, because of electrons, okay? So you can measure energy on everything, okay? And now if you really think back and you started learning in, this is probably like grade school science, like about radio waves, like you could see the waves, right? And they undulate at different frequencies. That's what energy also does. For you to go next level from wherever you are, okay, your energetic frequency has to match the thing on the next level. What? Okay, let me say this again. Okay, there's you. You're vibrating at a particular frequency. I don't know what the number is, like it just is, okay? What it is that you want, the goal that you're aspiring to have, the lifestyle that you aspire to attain, the relationship that you want to have, whatever the thing is that you want, okay? 
it is, as long as it is a goal, it's something that you've not achieved yet, it's above you. It's a higher frequency than you. If this is a major stretch goal, like it's vibrating at frequencies way beyond you, okay, you will not be able to achieve that goal until your vibrational frequency matches it. And when it matches it, like it's there, like you're there. Well, how in the hell do I do that? Am I going to shock myself? No. <laughs> do I do jumping jacks, get my heart rate up? No. Okay. It, it's, it's, there's a lot to it, but there's also simplicity to it. Okay. A lot to it in that it incurs like transformation of beliefs that no longer serve you. Okay. This is why we do as much personal development as we do. In my experience, God is like the accelerator of that transformational process to get you vibing on a higher frequency. Your nutrition plays into this, like the importance of solid nutrition, like your macronutrients, your micronutrients, your water. When you eat processed food, like it makes you vibrate at a low level. When you eat natural foods, you vibe at a higher level. Okay, there's just like more life to it. When you start speaking life over your situation rather than focusing on the one cherry in the one piece of pie that went bad, like you're speaking life over the situation, okay, you start to elevate your vibrational frequency. It's not ignoring the problems, it's recognizing them, it's acknowledging them, but it's not dwelling on them, okay? Because you, you, I don't have time to dwell, we're going to fix this, we're moving forward, okay? The train's moving forward, this bus is moving forward. Does that make sense? That's pretty cool. Like, I know, like your mind right now is like spinning. So when your vibrational frequency matches that other thing, that's when you attract this thing to yourself. All right, well, tell me, how do I get it closer to me? How do I get it faster to me? Well, I, I just told you, like diet is one way, all right? Talking with the big man upstairs, getting him involved in your life is going to be another way. Leveraging the subconscious, we talked about that in episode one and two, how that works. That's going to be another way. Okay, but it's correcting like the inner core. Okay, this could even be like neuro-linguistic programming. Okay, hopefully we'll have, you know, one of my friends, he's in the world of NLP. Hopefully we'll have him on this podcast here and, and we'll get to that. But in the meantime, like you have those tools readily available to you to use to start increasing that that vibrational frequency to match honestly what it is that you want. Like the true goal, the pure goal, the goal that you've kept hidden in the rabbit hole. That for whatever reason, okay, you don't want to look at or you don't think that you're deservant of. Okay, it's in there. You know, I don't, we don't do couch time here. I'm not about to like make you like walk through the pains of your childhood or whatever. Like, I'm just telling you though, like you're on this podcast, you're striving to be awesome. Like there's things that stand in your way and it's usually yourself, right? It's ourselves. Like you got to get out of your own damn way. So all that shit, you can't build an empire on piles of shit. I'm just telling you, like you got to go down in the foxholes. You got to blast that shit out of there, like literally, figuratively. You got to clean yourself off, okay? You got to buff, puff, and shine yourself so that you can step into your brand new bright future, whatever that looks like for you. 
right? So I know all of you come to this podcast because you're at different places. What I aspire to do and my goal and my intention is to serve you at the place where you are to the best that I can when I'm not speaking with an individual. If this is touching you where you are and what I'm saying is resonating with you, your next step is to contact me directly and let's do one-on-one work and get you the results that you deserve to move yourself forward so that you're not spinning your wheels. Okay, because it's one thing to drop in on a podcast. It's a completely different thing to have the one-on-one coaching that you honestly deserve to move your needle, not just like like a tiny bit, but just I'm talking like strides with the speed and the quickness and the efficiency of that fire chief who pulled the trigger on calling retirement on his career when he was procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating, okay? Dude was out of there 18 months from the time he he gave notice until everything was said and done, like everything was perfect. He exited. I, I believe he moved out of state, like done. Peace out, yo. And sometimes you just need that, that freeing space, that one-on-one Obviously, the infiltration of God, but also, you know, (laughs) you need the closer, the woman on the other side of the table who isn't afraid to go toe-to-toe with you, not in a combative way, but to get you to do what you need to do. Just call attention to your own elephant. Call the bullshit on your life, the stuff that isn't serving you, so that you can live the life that you love, the freaking kick-ass life. Because it's time. I mean, how freaking fun is that? That doesn't get you charged up. And I just don't know what the hell will. <laughs> all right. That's all I got for you today. I'm going to close out this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Like, seriously, I love having you guys here. Your girls here. I know I speak to both men and women. Really, it's an honor to be here speaking with you and serving you. If there's anything that I can do to be of service To you as the individual, to your team, to your organization, by all means, please contact me directly. I can do all of coachings, you know, either remotely, can come and travel to you via plane, trains, and automobiles. You can contact me directly on my website. I'll give you the business website. It probably makes more sense. It's transformationgold.org. The contact us button is in the top right-hand corner. Can go ahead and fill that out, and then either myself or somebody from my team will contact you within 24 hours and we'll get you rocking and rolling. Again, thank you, everybody. This has been Nicole DeVincentis. We will catch you next time. Make it a great day. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs>